Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is Kevin Snow. Uh, Kevin, if you just want to give us a bit of an introduction to yourself, and we'll uh, jump into this. Sure. Well, thanks for having me, Glenn. Um, my name is Kevin Snow. I was born and raised in New Jersey. Uh, always had an interest in real estate. Uh, kind of when I got out of high school, I was 18 or 19, I started going to a bunch of uh, REI meetings and meetups, reading a lot of real estate books. Um, had a bunch of random odd jobs at the time. And uh, my early years, I knew I needed to make a change to kind of get a hold of my financial future. So I started a painting company. And just to try and have control of my schedule and try to earn, save some money to get into the real estate game. So from there, you know, since, since I'm from New Jersey, I'm sure you have experience with this. I, I kind of realized that I, I always thought I would invest where I am. And just because of the property values, the taxes, finally, after years of, of combing through markets here, I realized it was just not feasible for me to get started. I could not it's going to cost way more money that I could reasonably save to get in. Yeah. And so then, so that got me kind of looking at other markets. I had no choice kind of accepted. All right, I'll invest out of state. Started looking at some other markets, ended up in North Alabama in Huntsville. Oh, and <laughs> that's where I am as well. That's where I started as well. Is it? Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I knew market. that. Yeah. Huntsville, yeah. Alabama. I got a bunch of doors there. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I mean, great, great market. Love the area. Lived there for a while. We'll get into that later. But yeah. so I uh, kind of I, I went about it kind of, I'd say, you know, completely the wrong way. Typical beginner. Um, I, I saved up. I, I bought my first house there for about 55000 and put about 15000 into it and work completely out of money at that point. Had a good rental. House was great. Um, and then, but, but I need, I, you know, the goal was to get more than that. So that's kind of led me down the path of, of, uh, investor lending and, and real estate refinancing all of that. Yeah. So I, long story short, I, I refi, I started to refinance and I got an appraisal for about 85,000. And so through, I mean, I kind of stumbled onto the Burr method before I had, you know, heard it coined that from bigger pockets, maybe, right? Or, or any of that. So I, uh, I was like, you know, I could actually pull out most of this money and buy another house. So that's pretty much, I mean, that's pretty much what I did. And what I, I just started, I bought another house. I did it again. Then I started using fix and flip loans to do two or three at a time. Um, and just kind of, it just kind of went from there. I mean, that's the model that I started with. I, and I still use to this day. And from the single families, I think I had five or six in Huntsville. And then I started getting fourplexes and doing the same thing there. And uh, that's how I really got into the game. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, fast forward to today, I have a company called National Property Group. My partner, Garrett, and I follow the same formula. We buy single family and multifamily properties in six or seven markets now. And we just have a lot of private money lenders where we use the cash up front to purchase the property and do the rehabs and then refinance them out 
pay back the private money lenders within four, you know, four or five, six months, depending, and just do the next one. And that's, that's how I got my start. That's awesome. So when you're buying uh, $55,000 houses in Huntsville, that's not this year, obviously. No, <laughs> no, this is 2016, I think. Yeah. Early 16, I started. So yeah, way different today, it's obviously. Doubled in my, yeah. There's not, I, yeah. I, like, I, you would struggle to find a 55,000. I mean, some of those four families that I got back then are triple, at least now, in, in value. So, you know, I was buying them for 85, 90,000, 100,000. And even at the time, I remember checking Zillow, yeah. seeing two or three years prior that they were selling for like 50,000, which I couldn't believe. I said, oh my gosh, I'm so late, you yeah. know? So... Yeah. You don't mind me asking if you're buying $55,000 in Huntsville, I'm guessing you're just north of the base or 35810 up in the middle? Um, yes, 35810 was the first zip code. Yeah, okay. Yep. So I, I have a, that's where I was mainly focusing too. Yeah. So we're right on the same yeah. page here. Um, yeah, and then I kind of shifted to 35803 South Huntsville. Yeah. That was where I could buy them discounted enough. At that time, there were a bunch of foreclosures Yeah. So that were actually discounted, unlike today, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and the equity is down there. So I was able to burr a lot better in, in South Huntsville. So I got a, most of my singles are in South Huntsville and then the multis are all, you know, three, five, eight, oh, five area. Yeah. That's, um, uh, that's by the university, right? Yeah. University yeah. all throughout there. Yeah. No Huntsville. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Been down great, there a few times area. too. Yeah. 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 It's great. Great city. I mean, obviously what just makes Huntsville so, so unique was, is just the NASA and all the space program that brings all of those jobs. Yeah. And, FBI, uh, Toyota, we were actually, NASA. my partner and I were down there in, we had, we had investors come in private lenders. We were looking at some of the larger complexes at the time. Yeah. And this was right. It was kind of heating up. Toyota had talked about moving the plant in. Right. Yeah. And it had been confirmed, but then that weekend Trump tweeted congratulations Huntsville Alabama on Toyota moving the plant there and I remember they were down we had appointments to see the 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 places three two or three days from then all everything was gone everything immediately was the next day I was following up they said it's all it's gone it's gone and and we had nothing to look at literally nothing I mean yeah it was amazing how fast the market flipped that's awesome. So how does yeah. this start? You said you got into uh, six or seven markets. How do we how do we progress from there going out? Well, Huntsville? I mean, you know, kind of where that progressed was just out of necessity, you had to adapt to Huntsville becoming not, you know, the model wasn't working well in Huntsville anymore. When prices started going up, obviously rents have gone significantly up, but not fast enough to you know, make sense of what what the list what the listing prices are these days. So had to start looking at other markets where I could duplicate the model. And that kind of led me. So now we're in, you know, we do a lot in Pennsylvania, Ohio, some in New Jersey, found some pockets in New Jersey that work upstate New York, some areas. So that's, and, and, and within those States, we have, you know, a bunch of different towns and locations. Um, so are you still looking at the, the residential sort of ones? Cause yep, what, all really, residential. Yeah. I mean, resident, really residential and, okay, and Single family, multifamily, residential, and uh, we have uh, an air, a couple Airbnbs, okay. um, but that's pretty much it. So what, what drew me to you originally is we saw, I saw a post on Facebook and you're talking about 15 refinances, uh, almost 50 doors. 
So mm -hmm. I'm guessing you're not doing uh, personally qualifying for all these loans. You're probably all in entities. Maybe you want to tell us uh, a little bit about that process of doing that many and what kind of timeline that takes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, everything that I had ever, I mean, I, back in when I first started, I had, I, I own my own businesses. So you know how that goes with mortgage lenders and all the documentation they want to see. So the first one I was doing in Huntsville, it was, it, it was, we were like three months in and I, 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 I couldn't get extensions anymore. The, the, it just, it ruined the whole deal. So I started going no doc loans, which DSCR loans. And that was just a game changer. I mean, that really allowed me to just start getting normal 30 year fixed. Yes, the rates were slightly higher, but it allowed me to get into the deals. And that's what these all were. And that's what it this what that's what this re refi was as well. Um, it's just because of the LTV, because Huntsville's appreciated so much, all these properties are in Huntsville and, or, or the outside areas. Um, so I was able to do like a 35% LTV that would pay off all the initial loans. So that's why I was able to get a three, eight rate on this kind of product. Okay. Uh, without that LTV, I think it would have been closer to five is my guess or four, four, seven, five, something like that. Was there an advantage to doing all 15 refinances at once rather than doing one here, one there, one there throughout it? Um, you know, I, I think part of one thing I was looking at was a frustration had been, you know, having 20 something properties down there and 20 something separate loans, they all got sold off to different servicing companies. And I'm just dealing with 15 different servicing companies. And it's, you know, it's just messy every you know, getting all the payments, keep it, you know, there, someone's messing up an escrow account, the payment goes up, build the insurance billing. So I was looking for more of like, one payment, right? Just make the one payment, one inch, you know, everything is one yeah. and, and, and just kind of go that route. And I took it from, I also had each one in its own LLC okay. and I moved them all to a series LLC, which is not, you know, they don't have them in every state, but Alabama does have them, which is kind of, I don't know how familiar you are with a series LLC, but it's basically like compartments within an LLC that are locked. So each property will go in a compartment and it'll overall be in the one LLC. Okay. So, so did you do one loan then? Cause you're saying one payment. Yes. Yeah. It's one loan. Okay. Yep. That, that's interesting. So, um, then that's the reason why you did this. Actually, you know what? I'm just backtracking this whole thing. It's a little different. Um, so if you wanted to sell one property, would you have mm -hmm. to break this whole loan or can they chop it up? They can chop it out. Okay. Yeah, they can just remove it. Yeah, I definitely looked at that. That was a consideration. Now I'm planning on holding these for life, but I know things change. But you know, if I if I had to get rid of one, yeah, it could, it could come out. Okay, that's awesome. Um, that, that's one of the main things. Whenever I, I mean, do the, the blanket ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the The, the main challenge was the really it, you know dealing with one property, one set of documents. If there's a hang up, it's quick. This was like this was heavy. I mean, when we're talking, I mean, I had to get every single property appraised up front and, and you know how hard it is getting appraisers down there every, everywhere, yep. not just everywhere. There, everywhere. But, um, so, so a couple, a couple snags. I mean, the, the, uh, the appraiser asked, he said, listen, do you want me to do all of the units in each, in the four families, for example? And like, cause I really don't need to see them. I mean, I see if you have pictures from the listings, which I did, I have all the rental listings. 
And I said, I mean, yeah, I guess that would be a lot easier because coordinating with all of the tenants was massively challenging. And so we get all the way through the process, underwrite the lawyers from the underwriters come back, say, we need pictures of every unit, right? And and, and this is, we're talking 40, you know, 40 something units, right? And getting this appraiser back out was a huge challenge, right? I mean, that was not ideal. And then when we get him back out, we find that, I mean, at this point, we weren't even coordinating. We were just giving notice to tenants, like we're coming in, right? Well, we'd get there. We finally got the appraiser back out to find that some of the tenants had changed their own locks, right? So we couldn't even get in. I mean, this this dragged out for almost six months. And, And then by the time we finally got it to the point, the 90 days from the first few appraisals had expired had expired and we had to it was just yeah it was a long road um i'm i'm very glad that it's done i mean like i I said in the post i mean going from a six and a half i mean i had some loans around seven percent to to three eight it's it's a huge savings monthly it's almost you know twenty five hundred dollars to three thousand a month in monthly payment savings and then over a million dollars over 30 years in it, just an interest for the same stuff. So absolutely worth doing. Um, but it was painful to get through it. You know, it was, you know, one, one at a time is way easier, obviously. Yeah. So I, I do refis all the time. I have went through one blanket, one where I did six properties and that was a, a lot, even just to pay for all those appraisals was, uh, well, and, and that was the other thing is I had to pay for them all up front, you know? Yeah. So that that was that was yeah that was painful is there a bulk price if you're getting that many appraisals i mean i was able to to really work that as best i could i mean i de- i definitely got it discounted especially on four families right we're talking this isn't just a single family appraisal i mean yeah. so yeah I, I had to i i i had used an appraiser in the area a lot on some other refis one along the way and i worked it out with him they let me they let me pick an appraiser for half of them that's nice. Oh, for yeah. half. Okay. For half. So that was that was really helpful. Yes. Um, because I, I find even myself, if I want to hire my own appraiser, I can find an appraiser, but the lender team sometimes takes a month to find an appraiser that I can actually arrive. And well, that's them. what they were doing. And they said, Do you know anybody? And I said, I do. And they said, Well, you know, we have to order it through them, but if you know someone, we can use them for half of them. Because they couldn't get anybody either. Yeah. Same problem. Yeah. Any yeah, tips so, or anything like for anyone dealing with all this, this mess? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, you just gotta be able to roll with the punches. I mean, I don't know if there's any tips. Uh, if I had to go back and do it again, I mean, obviously I wouldn't make the mistake of the pictures I would yeah. make. I would have like, a, you know, I'd pay a locksmith or someone to be present for the day. I, I don't, I'd really coordinate that a little better, I think. Cause the expiring was really that stung, you know, whenever, when we were like ready to go and then all the appraisals expired, that just really burned me. No kidding. So um, was the series LLC, was that a requirement of the lender or was that just a way to, uh, no, to I had to actually fight the lender for that in Alabama, the LLCs, there's a business privilege tax on each one every year. Yes. So when you have 20 something LLCs, it starts to add up and just the paperwork. So this is just one. Um, so I, you know, I, I, they're all still have the same protection as their own, but they're in one. And even on that, just in case I have, you know, multiple umbrella policies on, on everything here. So, um, that's just going to make life a lot easier 
for accounting purposes, for taxes, and then for tracking everything internally and and just paying all those fees and, and all the paperwork this, that the state requires. Yeah. And you mentioned the business privilege tax, which I believe Alabama was like 90 or 99 bucks a year per. So, I think it's like 150. Oh, I have LPs and no, no, I have okay. no LLC. I, have no LLC and, uh, I set it up different. So, no, I, I'll, well, is it 150? I'm almost positive. It's okay. 150. Yeah. Anyway, I'm in a bunch of co- different states as well. Same. So, so yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's confusing after a while. Yeah. And if we're going to touch on that a little bit too, um, cause I haven't done anything in New Jersey. Like, do you know what the kind of, uh, tax, business privilege tax other States are charging since I got you here? I mean, I have to say it is pretty comparable. It's yeah. like 75 bucks maybe. So Alabama's a little higher, but I think the Florida you know, I mean, was like really expensive. I think it was like 750 or something. Yeah. 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 The, you know, I mean the, the thing, when you look at Alabama, the, the, the property taxes are so low that, um, they, every state makes up for it in some way. Yeah. So coming from New Jersey, uh, you know, it was, I was shocked to see the property taxes, you know, up here, a house would be, I mean, anywhere from six, 12,000 a year down there. We're, you know, we're talking under a thousand or 1200 or something like that for the year. Yep. I had um, my, my four bedroom was four bedroom, one bath, three, five, eight, one, oh, the one I'm thinking of it, 600 bucks a year for property yeah. taxes, which is yeah. awesome. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what makes it a cash flow market and that's why New Jersey's not. Yeah. You know? So um, now that you're, you're investing in different markets, do you have different strategies for different markets? Um, I mean, we have different buy boxes for, for some of the markets to really, kind of there's a as you know when you're trying to burr out as much as possible there's a window where it works and so you know in each market we kind of have that window where we know where it's going to appraise and where we can buy them discounted enough and where the value add rehab will add enough appreciation to it to be able to refinance it out in, in under six months so it's pretty much the same i mean different a little different for airbnb which we're looking at others but Overall, it's it's the same. Okay, cool. And then um, your leverage rates at sixty five uh, loan to value, which is kind of common for the DSCR. That's what I get a lot of times too. Sometimes I get seventy. Um, the last summer we got up into the seventy fives, but it was kind of a, a rare occasion. <laughs> well, my, well, I'm using seventy five to eighty now on DSCR. Okay. The the, the rate the, the LTV was was thirty five for the portfolio loan because of the LTV. I'm sorry. Yeah. Because I was only using 35% of the LTV. Yeah. But yeah, the ones I use now, definitely 75% to 80%. 80% is no cash back. 75% is cash back. Okay. So if you're just paying off, basically, if you're just paying off, which, so I've tried to kind of make sure that the private lender is going to be in there just at the payoff. So we can just use 80%. They get paid back everything. There's no cash back to us and we're out of the property clear. But so, yeah, perfect burr. That's perfect. Yeah, 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 exactly. And for the Canadians that are listening, usually we get 5% less than the Americans. So if oh, they're, okay. get, they're okay. getting 75, we're getting 70. It's sort of a little bit, we're a little bit more risky because it's not as easy to chase us down. Awesome. Anything else you want to tell me about uh, investing in matter? I think, you know, one of the big 
from, from early on, one of the big things for me was learning the credit system and how important the credits, my credit score was going to be in all this. Um, and how, and how my credit score worked with at the beginning I was doing, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of resources. So I was using a lot of credit cards to fund rehab, all that kind of thing. And that was fine. Except when I came to refinance, my cards were kind of maxed and my debt load was so high on my personal social that it would drag my credit score down 75, hundred points at a clip. Now, as soon as I paid it off, it would jump right back at, in the next it's month. Like catch 22. It was, it was a catch 22. <laughs> like I couldn't rehab because I, I knew that I was going to have to refi right after and it would kill my score. Yeah. So that's really kind of learning the business credit system of getting uh, business credit through LLCs and that kind of thing. So it doesn't report to your personal. So you can utilize that. That was a game changer that allowed me to really fast forward the process because I, I stopped loading up my personal social. I kept basically, especially with the DSCR loans, there's nothing on my personal, right? So I can move pretty freely. Everything is all in LLC kind of entities and tax ID numbers. So that was a big, um, that was a big lesson for me coming up. That was painful at the beginning. I mean, it, it caused a lot of delays and, uh, but, but it really is, um, I mean, so it's critical for business credit. Like how do they, they base that? So you, you, you have a, you have like, you have an LLC and you have some properties in there and you have some mortgages reporting to those LLCs. So you should be building some credit. Um, what do I, I just don't know a lot about business credit on these LLCs. Mm -hmm. Is it, uh, they determine that based on, um, you know, like it's building a credit score on its own, right? If they're reporting. Pretty much. And, and you're still on a lot of this. I mean, you're still personally guaranteeing it, but yeah. kind of like the DSCR, right. But yeah. like, it only hits your personal if you like default pretty much. Okay. So, so a lot of these, I mean, there's all kinds of programs out there. You can Google like credit suite is one of them. I mean, that the, the, they're step-by-step step where you can start lines with like staples and those easy ones that kind of give anybody a few hundred bucks, yeah. any LLC, make some payments, kind of build it up. It takes a few months and, and then start to, you can start to apply for like gas cards and then start to apply for credit cards, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So that's kind of how that works. And it doesn't report to your personal. I mean, there's cards like, like, for example, there's, a, there's some, there's a lot of business credit cards out there, but a lot of them still report to your personal, but like Chase Inc, for example, does not. So there's cards out there. You can research that you can get under the business and does not report to your personal social again, unless you default. Um, oh. So now once you've built up this credit score, um, did you go down the path of like getting lines of credit for the business or using credit cards or how are you? Yeah, doing yeah I, I, I have lines of credit and, yeah. um, and credit cards and like the Home Depot credit card, for example, is through the, the business line of credit, right? Like, so that, I mean, that's super helpful. It's, you know, $40,000 of Home Depot. I mean, I use yeah. Home Depot nonstop. So it's <laughs> just stuff like, I mean, those, those cards, they really make a difference when you're playing the refinance game every month right i mean at this point we're 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 buying about a house a week so that cycle it's we're always in the middle of a refi no matter what it's always happening so the score really the personal score can't be can't be jeopardized at all
So you got you got to utilize business credit to get all that done. And then uh, to check your uh, your credit score for your business, is it any different than just going to the regular Equifax or TransUnion or? Um, it, it, it is, and it's not so, I don't, you know, I don't really track the score so much, um, okay. but there, there's some, there's some sites like like Dun and Bradstreet, stuff like that. I mean, if you're just making your payments and you kind of use a system like Credit Suite, yep. you know, it's not so much a score thing like it is on the personal. It's interesting. I'm going to have to look yeah. into this more because I, I have many LLCs. They're actually very old and actually have many mortgages reporting to them. So they probably have. I mean, that would card. be, that would be ideal. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Check out credit suite. They're a good one. I've used, I've looked at a bunch and uh, that was, that was the most clear cut to me. It gives you exact step-by-step -step, uh, instructions kind of on how to get that rolling. And then you just duplicate that, you know, through multiple LLCs. I love it. Yeah. All right. Kevin, so, people wanted to get a hold of you, track you down. What's the best way to do so? Uh, you can get me on Facebook at Kevin Snow, and um, email is Kevin at nationalpropertygroup.com. Um, yeah, and then uh, if you want, you can sign up for a newsletter at nationalpropertygroup.com backslash uh, newsletter dash sign up. And that's kind of just, we just put it out every month on properties we've closed, lending opportunities for private lenders, you know, completed rehabs, that kind of thing. That's great. Thank you for yeah. coming on the show. I, I really Glenn, appreciate Thanks that. so much for having me. This was great.